Please stand.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In holy baptism, James Harvey Weber was clothed with the robe of Christ's righteousness that covered all his sin. St. Paul says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his.
Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give thanks for your loving kindness shown to your servant James, who loved and served you in your church on earth, and who now rests from his labors. Keep us in fellowship with all your saints, and bring us at last to the joy of your heavenly kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament is from Job chapter 19. Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book, that they were engraved on a rock with an iron pen and lead forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
the epistle is from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, the first chapter. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please stand. If we have died with Christ, we shall also live with him. If we are faithful to the end, we shall reign with him. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 23rd chapter. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. When they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots, and the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two, And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We join together and confess the faith into which Jim was baptized, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand, God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, 
the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. That is not the general protocol during Lent. We don't sing alleluias. But at a Christian funeral, we always sing alleluia. Because the Lord Jesus, who suffered and died upon the cross to take away the cause of death, namely our sin, is risen from the dead. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Ah, what shall we say today? I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last upon the earth, and though my body is destroyed in the grave, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold him, and not another. How my heart yearns within me. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain, but if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what shall I choose? I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Father, into your hand I commit my spirit. What Jesus prayed from the cross when he breathed his last, we as Christians pray at the end of our earthly pilgrimage. Father, into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. I am yours. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you this day from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When I was a little boy in McHenry, Illinois, my mother used to take us to visit Kate Bauman. She was the widow of a pastor. And we used to feed ducks at the channel behind her house. Beth and I had the privilege to see her in the mid-90s after moving back to, the, to Wisconsin from Iowa. And we visited her there. She was well over 100 years old. And she told us about how she celebrated her 16th birthday on the day that World War I broke out. And she was in Germany at the time. It cut the party short. And they had to get on board a train and get out of town and out of the country before the borders closed. I remember Kate so well because of the history lesson there was with her. Decade after decade, the things that she saw, World War I, she remembered it, World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, landing a man upon the moon. What a history. She had two husbands. The first died, and then she married Pastor Bauman, and then he died. And the Lord granted her long life. We don't always have a pilgrimage that lasts that long and can see that much history, but whatever days the Lord grants us, whether filled with joy or shot through and through with suffering, are just the right time. It's the good time. Shirley, Lee, Todd, you need to know that. It's just the right time. Sometimes it's through our greatest sufferings 
of losses that we come to realize the sufficiency of God's grace. When I first became a pastor out in Iowa, one of the stalwarts of the congregation, he had been in that congregation all his life. He was baptized there. The Peter family had several generations before him. That congregation was well over 100 years old. And that was 32 years ago. And I remember his cousin, Marv's cousin, Hubert, came during the funeral luncheon afterwards. And he said to me, Pastor, this has got to be one of the hardest things you have to do. <laughs> I said, oh, Hubert, no, this is the joy. Because as a pastor, I'm there to baptize and to call to repentance and to forgive sin and distribute the Lord's body and to teach his word because we're on a pilgrimage through this life to the life to come. Our brother Jim Weber's body lies before us. His soul is in paradise with the Lord Jesus. But he was a charter member of this congregation. He remembers during his lifetime Pastor Jordan, the founding missionary pastor, who not only was the founding missionary pastor, but placed into the arms of Jim and Shirley, two boys, Lee and Todd, whom your father loved with all his heart. You are his flesh and blood because you are baptized into Jesus the same as your father. And by the grace of God, your dad and your mom not only gave you a home, but gave you Christ, his love, his forgiveness, the one thing needful that we can't live without. A Christian's life begins at his baptism. In holy baptism, we are joined to the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Jesus' death and resurrection becomes, if you will, the very personal story of every Christian as we pass through life and struggle with sin and heartache and hardship and suffering and our own weaknesses and failings. In his death, he took my sin upon himself and suffered the death that I deserve so that I might live. In his resurrection, he proclaimed forgiveness and promised me that I would rise from the dead on the last day and that the problem of sin in my own life would be no more. This is what I am called to believe. But it is also what you are called to believe. The path of each Christian's earthly pilgrimage is unique and very personal. But the shape and goal of the baptismal life is the same. As St. Paul said, to be with Christ, which is far better than anything that this fallen, sinful world has to offer. What does God want to accomplish in us through our earthly sojourn? Have you ever thought about that? You know, in baptism we speak about the gift of salvation and that our salvation is certain. Then why don't we just die right there on the spot and go to heaven? God has a purpose for our pilgrimage. He wanted Jim to see Pastor Summerfield, follow Pastor Jordan, Pastor Potrots, Pastor Gaynor. Pastor Mikal, and even the guy that's been here for over three decades. 
If salvation is a gift of God's grace, and it is, if the full forgiveness, the full and complete and unadulterated forgiveness of all of our sin has been earned by Jesus upon the cross, and it has been, if salvation is certain for every baptized Christian who believes in Jesus, then what does God want to accomplish in any of us through our earthly pilgrimage? And the answer is twofold. Faith and love. Faith in Christ and love which is the fruit of faith that bears witness to Jesus. Throughout our earthly sojourn, God is at work in our lives. Even when we don't realize it, through all the struggles with sin, hardship, failings, disease, and sadness, he is at work through these things to teach us to trust in Jesus alone and to place our confidence only in him and to learn to believe. At times we may be angry with God, to learn to believe that Christ still loves me and has died for me, that our only confidence might be in him. And throughout our lifetime, out of this faith in Christ, he gives us opportunity to love as Jesus loves. That means to serve those who have done nothing to deserve our service. It means to sacrifice ourselves and our needs so that another might live. It means to give of ourselves without counting the cost. And it means to forgive those who have sinned against us. As Jesus forgave them who nailed him to the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is faith in Christ. A faith, a trust that lays hold of him and then is active or manifest in our lives so that others might see Jesus in us. That's part of the purpose of our earthly pilgrimage. And it is God's work in the life of every baptized Christian. We never learn these lessons perfectly in this life. Jim didn't learn them perfectly in this life. I mean, to say he learned them perfectly would mean he never got frustrated, he never got angry, he never got upset. That happens to all of us. But through the things that we suffer, he wishes to teach us absolute reliance upon the love of a Savior that never fails, never. Our Lord is always teaching us these lessons until the time is right. And in his wisdom, he says, today you will be with me in paradise. You know, that thief on the cross who admonished his colleague crucified on the other side of Jesus, what are you doing? This man has done nothing wrong. He had been brought to the point in his life that he realized there was no hope for him except in that man who hung upon the tree. Toward faith and love, our life is patterned after the death and resurrection of Christ. You see, through all of these experiences, we die to self again and again and again and again. That's the, that's the heritage of our baptism, that by the power of Christ's absolution, we might rise up again and again and again from death before we die. Dying to self, 
and rising with Christ in love flows from his forgiveness, a forgiveness which is full and free and that covers all iniquity. In 1937, Jim Weber was born to Harvey and Irene Weber. On November 19th of that year, he was born from above in holy baptism at Trinity Lutheran Church in Milwaukee. I did not know little Jimmy's dad, Harvey, but I knew his salty mom. She had a bit of a stubborn streak and a quick tongue. Did Jim get anything from him like that? (laughs) But what a blessing it was that Irene was a member here at peace with her son and her daughter-in-law and her grandsons. What a blessing. And then toward the end of her life, Jim and Shirley were given the opportunity to have their faith active in love that didn't count the cost and received Irene into their home and cared for her. That's what faith in Christ and love does. And this is what gives our lives significance in this world. Not what we receive from ourselves and people who chase after that. This is where my happiness is going to be. They'll never find it. But rather in what we are able to give to others. Without counting the cost or keeping a record of wrongs, just as Jesus did for us. That's what gives life meaning and purpose and joy. As a 30-year-old pastor newly installed here at Peace, one of my fondest memories was when Jim, Lee, and Todd came to my home in the fall of 1991 with chainsaws in hand to cut trees and to burn brush. Things like that might not seem like much, but they are what give great value to our lives. And they are what give us opportunity to confess our faith in Christ and to serve our neighbor in love especially this new young pastor with his young boys who to this day has still never operated a chainsaw. (laughs) And they also give us an opportunity to teach our children the things that are important in life. When I think of Peace Lutheran Church, the three decades plus two years, two people stand out to me above all others, Jim and Shirley Weber, which is not to glorify them, but rather to give thanks to God for what he worked in their lives. I remember Bible breakfast at the M&M restaurant, pork sausage links. He and I both like our eggs over easy. The gift of smoked salmon at CCA receptions. The early days of the peace fish fries and Jim's years of service as an elder. I also remember a week before he died, I knew about these trips to the T-Bone cabin 
an indication of the kind of food he liked. And I asked Jim, what's your favorite meal? And he said, a vodka martini. <laughs> but most of all, I shall remember Jim and Shirley's unwavering support of the ministry of the gospel here at peace, the ministry of Jesus. Support for the ministry, a desire to be in the divine service, to hear the Lord's word, and to hunger and thirst for Christ in the Lord's Supper are born of the need we have as Christians to be fed and nurtured and comforted by Jesus. Throughout our earthly pilgrimage, we learn this dependence as we encounter the disappointments of life and struggle with our own sin and failings. You see, the church is not a place for people who have no sin, no sicknesses, no failings, no shortcomings. The church is a hospital for sinners. And the medicine of immortality is Christ's forgiveness in his body and blood. The life of St. Paul was very different from that of Jim Weber's. And yet the lessons they learned throughout their earthly pilgrimage were the same. Paul had been, he was known as Saul of, as, of Tarsus, if you remember. He had been a persecutor of Christians. His unbelief and rejection of Jesus filled him with bitterness and hatred. But on a journey to Damascus, Syria, in the first century to arrest Christians and bring them bound back to Jerusalem, the Lord Jesus met Saul of Tarsus on that road. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He was called to repentance. And he was led blinded to Damascus where he was baptized. And the love of Jesus and his forgiveness transformed his life into apostle of the faith he once tried to destroy, such that he was willing to spend the last measure of his earthly energies that others might come to know Jesus as well. For the rest of his life, Paul, by the grace of God, preached the gospel to other sinners like him. And it was the context of his own sin and weakness that taught him the glory of the gospel of God's forgiveness. By grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It had to be by grace for Saul of Tarsus, or there would be no hope for him. His own experience as a poor, miserable sinner and a former persecutor of the church was used by God to transform him into a powerful preacher of Christ's forgiveness. He learned to preach best what he needed most. Prior to his conversion, Paul was very likely in the crowd of Pharisees that were delighted with Jesus' arrest and who witnessed Jesus' crucifixion and sneered at him, if you're the Christ, come down from the cross. Of course, had he done that, he would not have been the Savior. It was to this Saul of Tarsus and to other sinners like him and you and me that Jesus spoke those words from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. 
Saul of Tarsus would likely have been angry over Jesus' words to the thief on the cross. Today you will be with me in paradise. Who does he think he is promising paradise to this poor, miserable sinner? But as the life of Saul unfolded and became the life of the Apostle Paul, these words of Jesus that he once hated became the source of his greatest comfort. This was true of Paul. We know it from his epistles. But I'm here to tell you today that these last months of Jim's life, they became true for him as he was assaulted with spiritual doubts, the accusations of the evil one. And what he simply needed most of all was to hear, Jim, your sins are forgiven. As Jim grew weaker in his waning years, as heart disease, Parkinson's, and dementia began to take their toll, he was afraid of the end. But through the things that he suffered, he learned dependence upon the one he needed most, Jesus, his holy word, his forgiveness, his body and blood. I never cease to marvel that in the failing earthly life of a Christian, even someone with dementia, the word of God remains a part of them in the liturgy and the creed, in the confession of sins, in the Lord's prayer, in mouthing the words of Jesus, this is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. This is what I mean by saying that our earthly life is a pilgrimage in which our Lord teaches us through the things that we suffer, total dependence upon Christ. How fitting it was that Jim's confirmation verse given to him way back when would be this, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. That's true. These last couple of years were very important. They were necessary. They were part of God's plan for Jim, but also for Shirley in the love that she was called to give and for each one of us. Each one of us in our own way was given the opportunity to love Jim in our prayers, in our visits, in our words of love and compassion. None of us is very good at it. And if some of you maybe are regretting that you didn't pay him a visit or say something, I have no qualms in telling you. He doesn't hold it against you. Not in the slightest. Not anymore. We often fail. But Jesus gives us opportunity to do it so that we learn what matters most, faith in Christ above all things, and a life that serves our neighbor in love without counting the cost. Lord, have mercy upon us for our sins and teach us to trust in Jesus' forgiveness more than anything else. The Lord gave that faith to Jim. He, like you and me, was a poor, miserable sinner, like the Apostle Paul and the thief on the cross, but today, 
Jim is with Jesus in paradise. His soul awaits the resurrection of the body from the dead on the last day. If life be long, I will be glad that I may long obey. If short, yet why should I be sad to soar to endless day? Christ leads us through no darker rooms than he went through before. He that unto God's kingdom comes must enter by this door. Come, Lord, when grace has made me meet thy blessed face to see. For if thy work on earth be sweet, what will thy glory be? My knowledge of that life is small. The eye of faith is dim. But tis enough that Christ knows all, and I shall be with him. Is this not what the Apostle Paul was teaching? I desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I forgot one thing. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Let us stand for prayer. Almighty God, you have knit your chosen people together into one communion in the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Give to your whole church in heaven and on earth your light and your peace. Lord, in your mercy. Grant that all who have been baptized into Christ's death and resurrection may die to sin and rise to newness of life and so pass with him through the gate of death and the grave to our joyful resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. Grant that all who have been nourished by the holy body and precious blood of your Son may be raised to immortality and incorruption to be seated with him at your heavenly banquet. Lord, in your mercy. Give to Shirley, Lee, Todd, and all his family, and to all who mourn comfort in their grief and assure confidence in your loving care, that casting all their sorrow on you, they may know the consolation of your love. Lord, in your mercy. Give courage and faith to the bereaved, that within the communion of your church, they may have strength to meet the days ahead in the assurance of a holy and certain hope, and in the joyful expectation of eternal life with those they love who have departed in the faith. Lord, in your mercy, receive our thanks for Jim and for all the blessings you bestowed on him in this earthly life. Bring us at last to our heavenly home, that with him we may see you face to face in the joys of paradise. Lord, in your mercy, O God of all grace, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to bring life and immortality to light. 
We give you thanks that by his death he destroyed the power of death, and by his resurrection he opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Strengthen us in the confidence that because he lives, we shall live also, and that neither death nor life nor things present nor things to come will be able to separate us from your love, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I am the resurrection and the life, says the Lord. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. resurrection and the life, says the Lord. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Lord God, our shepherd, you gather the lambs of your flock into the arms of your mercy and bring them home. Comfort us with the certain hope of the resurrection to everlasting life and a joyful reunion with those we love who have died in the faith. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, 
now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.